I'm sure you all know that there is something in the Torah called the Aseres Hadibros, the Ten Commandments. Does anybody know how many mitzvot the Yidin have to keep? Yes, Ariel. Rabbi, we have to keep all the mitzvot. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But what's the number of mitzvot that you didn't have to keep? Does anybody know? Yes, Sammy? Well, I think we have to keep like, like one? Sammy, no, 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 no. I'm not sure what you're referring to. But, but Rebbe, yes, Sammy, I was just at a seum. Somebody just made a seum on, on some Gemara. Maybe, maybe it was Ma, Makus maybe. And at the seum, he talked about Something about uh, about uh, a bottle or something, and the bottle made it that there's only one mitzvah to keep about having emuna and Hashem or something. Bottle having emuna and Hashem. Bottles can't have emuna. Oh, I know what you're talking about, Sammy. You mean the Gemara in Maseches Makos that says Bochavakuk vehimidon al achas that Chabakuk the Navi he established that. We have to focus, the Chabakuk Hanavi established that we have to focus on one mitzvah of Emunah and Hashem. That's what Chabakuk said we should focus on. That, that, that's true. The Gemara does say that. What's it going to do with the bottle? Chabakuk. Hmm, I don't know. Um, well, anyway, so, so, um, yeah, that's true, but, but that's, um, like, like what you have to focus on, but there really are more mitzvahs. Does anybody know? Yes, Avrami. I think there's 600 and, and something. Very close, very close. Come on, come on, come on. Does anybody else know? How about Avramel? 613. Very good. Excellent, excellent. The Tariyag Mitzvahs, there's 613 Mitzvahs. So what does it mean there's Aseres Hadibros, 10 commandments? There's really 613 commandments. Yes, Nasan? Um, is it possible? that it's hot in the classroom. Could I open a window? Since that's not the answer to my question, we're not talking about anything but my question. All right. The answer is, tell me, them, listen carefully, very, very important, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave the Aseris Adibros to Klal Yisrael. And in the Aseris Adibros, HaKadosh Baruch Hu put in, in a secret way, which requires great Talmidei Chacham to figure out, Kol HaTayrakula. Everything's including the Aseris Adibros. However... Hashem gave us the Aseris Hadibros. And Hashem's original plan was that all we would have is Ten Commandments. And we would study the Aseris Hadibros. And we would figure out from the Aseris Hadibros all the mitzvahs of Hashem. Imagine if all you had to study was the Aseris Hadibros. And all of Torah Shabbat Peh, well, you could figure out by learning the Aseris Hadibros. As a matter of fact, some of Farshim explain. That Hashem originally, when He gave the Aseris Hadibros to Moshe Rabbeinu at Harsinai, Hashem planned that people would learn the Torah, they would learn the Aseris Hadibros, and learn the halachas that Hashem wanted you to do, and all the mitzvos, all 630 mitzvos from the Aseris Hadibros, and you'd remember it forever. That means you would never have to study for a test again. That's nothing, Rabbi. Well, what do you mean, Avramel? I never study for tests anyway. Avramel? That's why on your last test, maybe, maybe I did fine on my last test. Okay, maybe you did fine. Yeah, what's wrong with the 75? <laughs> There's nothing wrong if that's what you were happy with. But, you know, if you studied, probably you get 100. 
But the point is that Hashem's original plan was you would remember everything. You wouldn't have to study because it would stay in your head. But when Moshe Rabbeinu was on our Sinai, Hashem came to him and said, the Yidin are serving an Egel. The Yidin are doing an Avera. And Moshe Rabbeinu heard this and he came down with those tremendously chashavaluchos that Hashem gave him made out of sapphire carved by Hashem. And he came down and he saw the Jewish people, the Bnei Yisrael, doing the Chetu Egel, dancing and celebrating with this golden calf, Avodah And Moshe Rabbeinu took the luchos and he shattered them at the foot of the mountain. And when he broke the luchos at the foot of the mountain, guess what? All the letters that Hashem carved on those miraculous luchos flew back up to Hashem in Shemayim. And we lost the Aseris Adibros. Well, Moshe Rabbeinu, after he dealt with Bnei Israel, went back up Harsinai a second time. And he davened to Hashem, please forgive the Yidin for their terrible Avera. And finally, after 40 days and 40 nights of davening, Hashem said, okay, I'll forgive them. And then Moshe heard HaKadosh Baruch Hu tell him, you go down now from this mountain, carve out from a special treasure trove that I'm going to tell you where it is, a new pair of stones for the Luchos, bring them up to the mountain, I will take the letters that flew back to Shemaim and I will put them back on your stone that you bring this time. And Moshe did, and he came down with the second set of Luchos. But this set of Luchos was different. Besides for little word changes, like instead of saying, Zachar es Yom HaShabbos, it said Shomer es Yom HaShabbos. Besides for those kinds of things that you see the difference between the Luchos, there was a major change. No longer was it simply a matter of studying the Luchos and knowing all of Hashem's expectations, knowing all the mitzvos. Now you had to study the Luchos and all the other parts of Torah to see all 613 mitzvos, and you had to chazer, and you had to review, and you have to study for tests. Even you, Avramo. Well, of course, a yid has to do all the mitzvahs, all 613 mitzvahs. But those aseras adibros tell us of very special mitzvahs that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted the Klal Yisrael to know. And we actually heard Hashem Himself say those mitzvahs. And did you know that in the aseras adibros, the Ten Commandments, the Luchos, there were two columns of mitzvos. The first five are mitzvos bein adam la between man and Hashem. For example, the first mitzvah. Anybody know what the first mitzvah is? Yes, Ellie. Um, the first mitzvah is uh, bris milah. Well, it, it's true. If you look at the Chumash, maybe the first mitzvah is having children or bris milah, but that's not what I meant. I meant the first mitzvah in the Aseris Adibros. Oh, oh, I don't know that. Okay. Anybody know? Sammy, do you know? I, I, I forgot. I, I knew it. I knew it. I forgot. It's Anochi Hashem Alekecha. I'm Hashem. Believe in me, Hashem, because I took you out of Mitzrayim. I knew that, Rebbe. I, I just forgot. Okay, Sammy, that's fine. You can forget. Or there's another mitzvah. Don't make Avodah Zarah. That's another mitzvah in the first column. The second column of the Aseris Adibros, the second set of five, is about Ben Adam Lachaveroi. 
between man and his friend. For example, don't steal. Don't murder. Don't want other people's stuff. Now, I have a question to ask you. Raise your hand. If you were writing that, Sarasad Dibros, if you had to choose column A, mitzvos between man and Hashem. Column B, mitzvos between man and his friend. Where would you put the mitzvah of kabeid es avicha the es imecha, honoring your father and mother? Where would that mitzvah go? Oh boy, look at all these hands. Shmuel, Rebbe, I would I would put it by Adam by Adam Lachavero because because well I mean your parents aren't your friends at least um, well my parents aren't my friends. Why you don't like your pa- Avramel Avramel? Well, what do you mean? Well, well, my parents aren't my friends. Uh, not not that they're not my friends, but they're they're not my friends. They're they're my parents. Like my friends, I, I have sleepovers with, and my parents actually sometimes my father. Um, comes into my room and talks to me and he falls asleep on my bed. Okay, Shmuel, okay. Um, uh, but, but like, for example, you don't play games with friends and uh, actually, and, and my mother always tells me, stop playing games when I start to explain why I didn't maybe do things. And Right, okay, okay, so, so right. So you put it in Ben Adam Lachavero, but he's not your friend. You know, because cause they're, you're like, they're like, uh, I can't explain it. Anyone want to help him out? Anyone help Shmuel out? Yes, yes, Zundo. Um, I, I think, Rabbi, that, that it kind of works kind of like this. Beinadu Machavero is not about being friends. Because there are a lot of people I'm not friends with. Like, no, don't tell me who you're not friends with. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Uh, so what do you mean? It really means just like between people. Oh, very good. Excellent, excellent. So your parents are people. Uh-huh. Your parents are people. Yes, Avramel? Actually, <clears throat> I know some parents who aren't really people. I think they're, like, from outer space. Uh, Avramo, keep your comments to yourself, okay? But parents are people, so you put them in the category of ben adam lachaveroi. Very good. But do you know what Hashem said? You know what Hashem did when he wrote the Luchos, when he wrote the Ten Commandments, when he wrote that Sarah's Libus? You know what he did? He put in the column of ben adam lamoko in between man and Hashem. Avramo, is there a problem? Well, Rabbi, I know that some parents think that they run the world and that they're in charge of everything. Like the other day, Avramo, Avramo, if you have a problem with your parents, you can't talk about it in public. It's not my parents. It's, uh, then you certainly can't talk about it in public. If you want to see me privately, I'll be glad to talk to you about it. And if you want to see, you know, we can, we can have you talk to, to, you can talk to somebody else. We can work it out, but, but please don't talk about it in class, okay? Not that your parents, Chasashon, think that they run the world. That's <laughs> not what Hashem means. But did you know that every person who comes into the world is brought into the world by three partners? A mother, a father, and Hashem. The mother and the father give the person his body or her body. And Hashem gives the person a neshama. And therefore, because Hashem is a partner, when you honor your parents, you're honoring Hashem. When you honor your parents, it's covered. For Hashem, it's been Adam Lamakai. And so Hashem tells us, you have a mitzvah to honor your parents. Yes, Rulik? Rabbi, what if a person has bad parents? 
bad parents? What does that mean, bad parents? Well, you know, the other day, my parents sent me to my room for like three hours. Well, it doesn't mean the parents are bad. It might mean that someone else might be maybe a little um, bad. But, well, Rebbe, I, I wasn't bad. It wasn't. It wasn't a big deal. I mean, I mean, every once in a while, you know, every every brother fights with his brother. It just happened to be that I I pushed my brother too hard and he fell down the steps. That's that's not a big deal. That's <laughs> really, you know what? I don't I don't really want to know what happened in your house so much. But you still have an obligation to honor your parents no matter what happens. You know, let's say you think that your parent was mean to you. Do you think that you can tell your parent, you're so mean? Um, yes, Nassan. Actually, just the other day, my brother, Nassan, I don't want to hear personal stories. It's going to be Lush and Hara, and, and we have to learn Shomri Lush, and then we're going to be in trouble. So, no. So, the point is, you have to honor your parents. It's a mitzvah in the Torah. Kabed es avicha It's a tremendous mitzvah in the Torah to honor your parents. It's so important to honor your parents. And I want you to know something. Do you know what the Torah says is the reward for honoring your parents? Do you know what the Torah says? Anyone here know what the Torah says is the reward for honoring your parents? Yes! Calvin. I, I think you get a bigger allowance. <laughs> that's the reward from your parents. You get a bigger allowance. That's true. Hey, that's not fair. What's the matter, Yucasil? I don't get any allowance. Okay, well, and I honor my parents. I mean, just the other day, my mother asked me for some water, and I brought it to her. She didn't appreciate it, though. Why not? Well, because I brought it to her by turning on the hose outside, and she didn't think that that was a good idea in the living room. By they. So what happened? Well, we got a new rug. We got a new carpet um, yesterday because uh, um, it was sopping wet, and it got all moldy, and it smelled. But it was good because my mother got a new rug, and we really wanted a new rug for many years, but, but my parents said we couldn't afford it. But now we had to afford it, so it was really good. So I should have gotten an allowance for that, right? Because I really... Yeah, yeah, talk to your parents about that. Uh, anyway, like I said, I want to hear personal stories of, um, yeah, anyway, the point is you have to honor your parents and you get a reward. The reward is, arichas yomim. You get a long life. The language of Chazal is, arichas yomim means long days. Yes, Sammy? Rabbi, if the days are long, does that mean that there's more school or does that mean that you're home for longer from school? I don't think that's what it means. Uh, it's a good question why you, the expression of the Torah is arichas yomim rather than arichas shonim. But that's a different question that you have to ask a person who teaches that parish in the Chumash. I don't teach that parish in the Chumash. But I know that it means you get a long life. You get a long life. Does anybody know what it means to honor your parents? Anybody know? <laughs> yeah. What do you say, Mordechai? Mm, it means to um, listen to them. That's good. It means to listen to them. Excellent. Anything else? Yeah. Yes, Sammy? It, it means to give them food. Excellent. Very good. Very good. Anybody else? Uh, how about you, Nisano? It, it means to, to tie their shoes. I often tie my mother's shoes because she has a hard time bending over. And Okay. Very good. Excellent. That's excellent. Let's keep it out of Excellent. It means basically listening to them and doing the right thing for them. How many of you have ever heard of a person named Dama Ben Nesina. Very good. I see there's about five hands. All right, that's okay. Dama Ben Nesina is described in the Gemara in Meseches Kedushin. 
And I want to tell you a story about Dama Benesina. Dama Benesina was a man who had a tremendously valuable collection of gems, of jewels. And in the time of the second Beis Hamikdash, they had to replace some of the stones on the Choshen, the chest plate that went on the Kohen Gadol's chest. And Dama Benesina had those stones and they were locked in a safe. Well, Doma Benesina had a key to that safe. And the key to the safe was under his pillow. And Doma Benesina's father was sleeping on the bed. And his head was resting on the pillow. And when the rabbis came to Doma Benesina's house, and they knocked on the door, knock, knock, knock. And Doma Benesina opened the door, and the rabbi said, uh, Shalom Aleichem, uh, Doma Benesina. And Dama Benesina, who was not Jewish, probably said, Aleichem Shalom. And he said to them, what can I do for you? How can I help you? And Dama Benesina stands there as the rabbi say, you want to know how you can help us? You can get us the gems that you have. We're willing to pay for you, for those gems, $600,000 for those gems to go on the Choshen of the Kohen Gadol. And Dama Benesina, he went to his bed to get the key. And he saw his father lying there and he realized, if I put my hand under the pillow to pull out the key, I very likely am going to wake up my daddy. I can't wake up my father. And Dama Benesina came back to the rabbis who were standing in the doorway and said, I'm sorry. I can't wake up my father. And they said, you know, if you don't give it to us now, we're not going to be able to wait. We're going to have to find them from somebody else. And you're going to lose out on $600,000. And Dhamma Benazina said, I I understand, but what can I do? And he lost out. Well, he didn't really. Because Hashem rewarded him that the next year, he had a baby cow born, and the cow was all red. It was a para aduma. And the rabbis came along, and they bought it from him. So he didn't lose out the money. But the Chazal say, the Gemara says, that that's what kibur ava'im means. That's what it means to honor your parents. To make sure that they're happy, that they're comfortable, and that you don't wake them up. That's kibur ava'im. Yeah, but Rebbe... All right, I'm, I'm I'm listening, Sammy. But Rebbe, but but it really could be true. Sometimes, you know, you know, it happened to me one time. I, I love my parents. It happened to me one time that my my parents embarrassed me in front of everyone. Well, what do you mean? One time, it may sound strange, but I was coming to school for the beginning of the year, and I got out of the car, and my mother got out of the car. And she walked up to me, and in front of all my friends, she kissed me. I was so embarrassed. I wanted to scream and yell and push her away. Here. You know, you remind me, Sammy, about another story about Dhamma Benesina. You know, Dhamma Benesina, we said, was not Jewish, but he was a very special, hush of person amongst his friends. 
And you know, Dama Benesino one time was sitting wearing a very fancy garment made out of gold. And he was sitting amongst his friends who were like the government officials of Rome. And his mother came. And you know what she did? She took her hand and she grabbed onto the edge of his collar and she ripped his fancy gold garment, his fancy gold cloth. She ripped it. And then she smacked him in the face and she spit at him. And do you know what Dama Ben did? None of you know, huh? Nothing. He did nothing. Now, I'll admit, I, 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 I can only imagine, if imagine, if I was sitting and, 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 and somebody did that to me, I, I'd, I'd probably get a little upset. I'd, I'd probably say, you know, why are you doing this? I might even say like something a little bit more nasty than that. But that was Kibbut Avaim of Dama Benesina. That's how great this Kibbut Avaim is. You know, I want to give you another example of great Kibbut Avaim. You want to hear another example? Does Rebbe want an honest answer? Avremo? No, I, I was going to say yes. <laughs> okay, good, good. Okay, uh, another example of Kibbut Avaim. Listen to this example of Kibbut Avaim that the Gemara says. There was once a man. There was once a person. And I don't know his name. It doesn't really matter his name so much. It doesn't really matter to us his name. But there was once a man who worked very hard on grinding wheat at a mill. Now today, you have machines that grind wheat, right? So you put a machine, it comes out, flour, blah, blah, blah. In the olden days, you had a big stone on the bottom and a big stone on the top, and you put in the wheat, and then you had to turn the stones by pushing this big, heavy stone. Oh, it's so hard to turn. And sometimes you use an animal to help you out that ground the wheat into flour. Well, one time there was a man whose job was to grind wheat. And one day he said to his father, you grind the wheat and I'm going to go. And the Gemara says that he got a lot of reward for that. He got to go to Olam Haba for that, for making his father work really hard and grind the wheat. Yes, Sammy? Rabbi, I- I'm sorry it, to say this. I hope it doesn't sound too chuspidic. But that doesn't make any sense. That's ridiculous. You mean he made his father grind the wheat? He made his father work hard? And and he got to go to Olam Haba? I mean, is that what Rebbe's suggesting? That we should go home and like make a big mess in the house? And so our fathers are going to have to come home and clean up the mess? Or maybe our mothers? And then we're going to go to Olam Haba? I mean, is that what Rebbe's saying? Is that what I should do today when I get home from school? No, Sammy, please don't do that. Let me explain what happened. I purposely said it in a funny way because I wanted you to think about it. What happened was the son was grinding wheat and a letter came in the mail from the postman, from the mailman. And he took the letter and he opened it up and he read it. And it said, Dear Sir, the king requests the presence of Mr. Plony Sr., the man's father, the grinder's father, to come to work for the king as part of the army of the king. And the son read this letter and he said, what? My father is an older man. How is he going to be able to go work hard for the government? How is he going to be able to go work hard for the king? It doesn't make sense. And so the son said to his father, I'll tell you what we're going to do. 
we have to grind the wheat because it has to be money to pay for our house and to pay for our food and to take care of my family. So you can do this job. This job is not so hard. Working for the king could be very hard. I'll go to the king instead of you and you do this job. And he said it to his father with a big smile and he gave his father a big hug and kiss. And his father said, thank you very much for worrying about me. And the Gemara says, Maybe oso that brought the son to Olam Abba, that gave the son reward in Olam Abba because he was caring about his father. I want to tell you one other story of Kibar Ava'im. There was a great rabbi. His name was Avimi. Avimi was a big tzaddik and a very good expert in Kibar Ava'im. One time, his father, Avimi's father, whose name was Rebbe Abuhu, in the Gemara, his name is Rebbe Abuhu. It sounds like a funny name, but, but that's his name in Gemara. I can't change his name, even though it sounds like a funny name, right? But one time, Rebbe Abuhu, his father, he was sitting on a chair, and he asked his son Avimi, Avimi, yes, Tati, could you please get me a drink of water? I'd love to get you a drink of water, Avimi said. And Avimi went to get his father a drink of water. When he came back to his father's spot, where his father was sitting on the chair, he found his father had fallen asleep on the chair. Now, you or me, probably, we would probably just put the water down on the table next to our father, or bring the cup of water into the kitchen. And when our father woke up, he would say, Avimi, where is my water? And we would bring it back to him at that time. We would just go on with our lives. But Avimi didn't. You know what Avimi did? He stood there with the cup of water in his hand until his father woke up. That's Kibbut Avim. That's how great he was at honoring his father. Now, you know, Talmidim, I'll share with you one more story about a great sage, Rebbe Tarfin. Rebbe Tarfin had great respect for his mother. And one time, Rebbe Tarfin's mother had to go outside. And for some reason, whatever the reason was, it was very muddy outside. And for some reason, whatever the reason was, his mother wasn't wearing shoes. And so Rebbe Tarfin got down on his hands and knees. And Rabbi Tarfin put his hand down on the ground. And he had his mother put her right foot on top of his hand so that she did not have to step in the mud. And then he put his other hand on the ground so that his mother could put her left foot on his other hand. And then he moved his hand that was under the right foot as she lifted it up and put it a little farther. And then she, he moved his left hand as she lifted her left foot up and moved his hand further so she could put her foot down. And basically she was walking, not on the mud. She was walking on Rebbe Tarfun's hands so that she would not get dirty. That's how much Rebbe Tarfun honored his mother. Actually, the truth is that there's more that I want to tell you. But I see that Avramel and Nasan and Avigdor are all eagerly looking at their watches. 
They're all thinking in their minds, hey, Rebbe, I can't sit any longer. I have no zitzfleisch. You've been talking for almost a half hour straight, Rebbe. Please, can I get a snack? Isn't that what you're thinking of, Ramon? Actually, Rebbe, I, I was really thinking about recess. <laughs> okay, fine, fine. About recess. Snack, recess. Yes, Sammy? I, I was thinking about snack. Do you know that my mother packed me for snack? A delicious cookie. It's the most delicious cookie. And, and I'm so inspired to eat it because Rebbe was talking about my mother. <laughs> right? I, I, I hear. I hear. I was talking about mothers and keep it aim. That's true. That's true. Um, maybe you should save your cookie for your mother when you get home. Well, I, I would, except it's really delicious. And if I don't eat it, I think my mother will be sad. Oh, actually, so eating it is a mitzvah of Kibbutz Aviv because I'm showing my mother how I like her cookies. Okay, good, Sammy. That's very good. Okay, so Mirza Shem, I will continue a little bit later with the second part of our conversation about Kibbutz Aviv.